That's my daughter. I <laughs> when I when I see her, I hear her. Um, <sighs> act like a typical or a regular teenager, even with this stuff going on. I don't know, man. If I was her, I, I don't know if I could do it. Maybe because she don't hear what I hear. This might be easier for her. But me, I feel like I'll be, I'll be miserable and crying every day. Like she's stuck with me. I just sometimes I um, want to cry for her because she wants to go out with friends, and she doesn't have that privilege because there's too many people out there who's been you know, in her life without their without her permission. So they already have a prejudgment and for some reason they don't see that there's anything wrong with that. Um they don't think that is nothing wrong with that. And even if because they just they just said I was talking about everybody. And this is what they mean by me talking about everybody. Me having a thought passing by. So a whole stranger hear my thought about another stranger and get offended with that stranger. And that it's enough to take away um, somebody whole life but the reason that they're offended in the first place is because they're already inside prejudging so even if I said nothing ever let's just say I never said anything and I was always polite I was always friendly I was always giving, always loving. And that would cause me to not know that they were doing things prematurely. So that could mean the same thing. That person could be inside her life and if she was doing everything right and decided to pursue her, you know, because of what they know about her. Um, just the same as her not doing the things that they want her to do in a, in their eyesight that would be perfect for their society. Um, she would, they would always have somebody who would be knowing, um, you know, stuff about her that she didn't tell them.
And so they have people trying to talk to her, you know, befriend her or try to be her boyfriend or invite her to parties or invite her to places because of what they know about her, good or bad, um, before. And she's she's not knowing anything about them, but they knowing everything about her. Even if she was the perfect person in their sight. And they thought, oh, she was just great. I love her. Seriously love her. I like everything about her. And I believe that she'll be a great actor. Oh, she's very, very, very smart. And she's doing all these things that I want um, out of a kid or, or as a young adult. What if she was like a... Uh, Michael Jackson, who had a type of talent that everybody would just fall in love with to the point where they wanted to be in her life so bad at this point because of what they know about her before she get a chance to tell them. Either way, good or bad, it's not good on their part. And for some reason, it's hard it's hard to put that in their mind that that is um, something that is not okay. And the only reason I believe that that's there is because it's not them. That's the only reason why it's okay, because it's not them. If it was them, even my own sister said, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Even if I was one of the perfect people or even her knowing that she would be still her, but in my shoes. She didn't say, I wouldn't want to be you. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Meaning I wouldn't want to be monitored. I wouldn't want to be, um, you know, watched or monitored or going through any of the stuff you're going through. Because you can make a mistake and they could judge your mistake. Or you could do what they want you to do. And they're allowing you. Either way, they're they're there uninvited. And it's just, I'd rather not be in that situation. And no matter what I say about it, the reasoning is, is so scary it's so scary to be in that in the be in a space where you really have a lot of people who believe that there's nothing wrong and when i say what's wrong and they say stuff like there's nothing wrong i mean they don't even think twice about you know i if i can just wish i can just interview this one person and they can be completely truthful about the whole thing it's talking to them and then figure out what their thoughts behind it just to make some type of sense out of it you know for a person who's going through it because if they believe they're right I need I I would just love to know like well how like what is it because of what I did when I was a kid and you can't see past that 
is something I said yesterday, but even before I got to this point, like, like month two, not year two, but when you're going past one month of monitoring or being in somebody's life without their permission and you're watching them and they don't know you're watching them, it wouldn't make you feel uncomfortable. You couldn't be like, whoa, she has no idea that we're watching her. She has no idea that we know this about her. She has no idea that we're we're we've been in the shadows and be okay with it to keep doing it until it turns into 11 years later. I I just sometimes wonder, you know, what would, what is it? What is it about it that made them so attached? to it to the point where now everywhere I go everything I do is 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 even more bothering some than the last time I didn't talk to them or didn't see them cuz I didn't know they were there oh, it's hard it's hard to um see And so I continue to do it through this broadcast because this podcast, because I, um, I don't know because they, they keep saying I've been talking about them and everybody that I run into, I say something about somebody and only thing I can picture is me at their door, you know, I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. So I'm just thinking if it was me, how would I react? And that only way I can see if it was me is if I'm going through their door, you know, um, outside of their house, um, putting cameras up when they went away and then like put it up and, and then just see, you know, what's going on with them. And just continue doing that until, like, they have no idea how how crazy it is. No matter how normal that person seemed to themselves. And, you know, because there's other people who are willing to do the same thing, it's hard to convince them that it's not nothing wrong with it um, unless it's happening to them. Because I can just imagine, like, being outside of their house, you know, in, in, in my car, watching and listening to everything they do, you know, um... And I'm telling myself, oh, you know, I have to watch out for them because they're a predator. And I have to keep an eye on them 24-7 because I don't want them to do anything. Even though they don't know where I live. Even though they don't know where I work. um, And they have no idea that I exist. 
but I have to keep an eye on them just in case they do something to somebody else's um, kid, I guess. And then time goes by and they see that I'm not doing anything um, sexual to a person, kids, but now I'm being a, a regular person. And so now they continue to watch me just, you know, go to the beach, um, go to my boyfriend's house, um, go see me, go to the liquor store, see me go to the park swimming. Like I'm literally at the park and there's a lot of people watching me pretending to exercise and pretending to be playing at the playground and pretending that, you know, they're not there watching me. And we're just walking around in a circle or while we're going to buy groceries, we're just picking out produce. And there are people like standing there watching and surrounding us. And when we talk about it, um, you know, they get upset about it, but I mean, I'm just thinking, what would you do? And then when you realize those same people was telling you that they'll burn your mom alive inside of a house and burn your brother alive and your daughter alive. My daughter was 17 at the time when they was talking about burning us all alive in the house. And as other people watching and was like, okay, yeah, let's burn them all alive. Knowing that this lady is an old lady and there's an underage girl in there. And I don't care like what she did, what in you would want to see her being burnt alive. Other than, you know, you should be okay you know, she's done something, she needs to be in juvenile detention center or she needs to be in a a health place where she needs to get help. No, that's not what the thought was. The thought was, I'll burn you all alive right then and there. And there's other people who are saying, yeah, burn them alive. And there's other people who say, yeah, let them be outside naked. And see them attack each other and see them do those things. And they have no problem with that. But they have a problem with me talking about it. Which makes me question the the United States of America that we live in. Because there's, there's Christians and non-Christians and, and, and just all types of people and children and all of this mixed in and somehow everything I'm doing is terrible and upside down and sick, but there's their, their thoughts and what they see is do is not. So I was saying, if you, unless you, you know, somebody tell you to eat out of a toilet in order to save your child's life, then then tell me I'm talking trash. 
until somebody tells you that you're you're somebody's gonna burn your mom alive if you don't do this I almost slit my daughter's throat again I'm thinking when I'm talking about these things what is the 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 reasoning behind the thought process and even though I'm gonna be looked at as talking trash and they're gonna want to see me tortured for this because I'm inside Burlington shopping for jackets and there's teenage girls saying oh you're not good they're gonna do this and do that to you and then there's another lady behind me talking about oh when you get locked up you're gonna be looking pitiful and then there's another lady that I work with saying I can't wait till these things happen to you and we're gonna do all these things to you and I can't wait for it to happen because you talk too much but you don't see that you being in my life without my permission is the reason why you you shouldn't been there. Otherwise, I my thought process wouldn't be to the point where you think I'm talking too much because all I'm doing is thinking, not talking, and I'm not talking to you. I've known that person less than a month or so. And she says that I talk too much like we have been eating lunch together and and I've been calling her every day, you know, when I get home from work or, you know, I see her at church or at a bookstore and I'm like, hey, hey, let's, hey, hey, hey. And just going on and on. No, I'm, I'm at home inside my bed and I'm thinking, I'm walking around the park. And I'm thinking, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking about what's going on with my life and why is it happening. And that's, that's the breathing ground for them saying I'm talking too much. And when I talk about that and try to get questions, they say that I can't question them, but they can do this without any type of explanation. And then when they give us the explanation little bit at a time is is still like I'm being disrespectful to them and they're invading my privacy and my my life all together and they're volunteered to do it no other and then when I try to ask why they volunteered to do it or why is it the way it is is I'm talking trash instead of them saying because this and that. They then they go back where well, you 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 molested kids when you're elementary school. I don't care if you're elementary. I don't care if you're a little girl. You know, you did something to, you know, those kids. And then when I say what are those who are those kids, later I hear that it's this my niece Two of my nieces, and I guess my nephew, but I still won't know what they are because they're not being clear. Only two of them told me that without telling me that because they didn't just bluntly tell me that it happened. And I can't remember it, so I don't see it in my mind happening. But I'm getting constantly um, accused for it.
But that's like the least thing I'm being accused of. I just keep hearing I'm talking too much and I'm talking too much trash. The molestation thing comes up way later after, you know, years go by or a few times of it being my last year. Then they say I'm a molester and then I'm like, how am I a molester? And when I start getting into that, you know, with the with a complete stranger, they um get frustrated and just it's the last year. And then when I just completely let it go and be like, fine, you know, there's no need to keep arguing. I just need to keep working on myself and fixing on myself. And they were like, there's no need to fix and work on anything. So then they just want me to give up mentally and spiritually. Not just trying, you know, physically like, oh, let me move or let me do that. Like they want me to shut down in my brain. And say that, you know, I've been defeated and I need to act defeated. And they want to see me cry and, you know, broken and, you know, distraught. And when I try to take my power back by just working on myself every day, I I get, you know, ridiculed the more that I try to, you know, realize that. You know, my self-worth is not in what people say about me. So I try not to be a victim. And the more I try not to be a victim, they victimize me and, you know, treat me worse than when I was crying and running in the street. They were laughing and ridiculing me then, but now they're just being nasty and mean. Then they were, you know, making fun of me, you know, running in the street or being somewhere naked or being hatred and wanting to set us on fire and all these things. But it should be way less than that for that. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it talking about throwing us in the river and and feeding us to the sharks and all these things. And I'm not trying to make light of anything that I might have done to anybody that's life-changing to them. When I was in elementary school or when there were kids, but I again, can't even get that far because I'm arguing with strangers about them following me and doing all these things instead of regular protocol on how you would handle it if they didn't have a network. They didn't have cell phones or they didn't have tracking devices, things that they use to make our life easier, better, and simpler for us to get around and to communicate when danger is coming or, you know, to make sure we could order things online or do things to make our life easier instead of harder. And they turned it around and used it for, you know, their own vain, selfish reasons. 
and then turned it and to make it to where it's all me. And there's so much confusion when it comes to it because they say you talk that way now, but you know, when we get you alone again, we can do whatever to you and there's nothing you can do about it. Which only makes me think of, you know, what's going on with this whole thing again, you know, because there's kids involved and teenagers involved and, and they're, they're all listening and a part of it. And for the simple fact that that is a part of it and they're trying to like entrap us to do more things, it just seems like the more you try to take your power back, the more you you thank God for another day or the more that you try to make peace within yourself, the more you try to teach yourself, you know, um, to be more still, to try to take more control of my mind thoughts, to try to more have the spirit of God in me, to try to see if, you know, do a fast or, or try to learn more of the word so I can, or just professing, um, speaking the word and what thus says the Lord, just having confessions, um, praying, um, just being silent, um, Ignoring um, any ridicule, um, just just walking around trying to be a better day, a better person that day, and it it seemed like it get worse the better that I try to get. The more I try to be a better person, the worse the network gets towards me. The more I try to learn the word of God, the more I try to be a better person within, with, you know, between me and him, the worse it gets. I can't imagine this life. I was just thinking, and I'm in it. But I was just thinking earlier, like I wonder how the world is going to be just just a couple of years before, just wondering how things are going to be work out for some people uh, how how would end up how is it going to end up in the end not the middle part but the end part because it seems like COVID doesn't humble them sickness and disease is is not something that they worry about they don't worry about generational, and I don't imagine why some would curses, but um, 
just the things that is obvious that in front of us of being sick. There's a guy who's coming straight out the hospital, wishing death on me and my 18-year-old daughter. And he's just coming out of the hospital. And I was just thinking I couldn't imagine even not being in the network, how I would coming out of a situation, um, God healing me or I'm expecting him to heal me and wishing death on somebody. Um, being in a uh, situation where I'm in a hospital and I'm sick or have to go through certain things and see how, you know, you feel just being scared, just being in a hospital. I was thinking the same. I just brought up to my attention when my sister was getting surgery on her neck because she lost the feeling of a whole left side of her. She couldn't squeeze her fingers. She couldn't make a fist ball up. And she was telling me how she felt kind of alone because nobody, her boyfriend didn't want to visit and stay. She was talking, complaining about her kids, didn't want to keep visiting, that they want to leave. And that she was feeling scared and she asked my other sister to come up there, you know, to say something about, you know, how the nurses was treating her. So the very people that are denying us of medical and when we go get medical, they're harming us, you know, for her sake, because, you know, she's a part of it and her, her, um, and it's for her daughter because I did something to her daughter when I was in elementary school. And the painful part about it for them is that I don't even remember it, but you know, she's living through it. And so it's, it's hard for them, but you know, it's, um, she was just feeling like they wasn't there, you know, for her in the middle of them, you know, doing these things to me and my daughter. But I didn't know that she was trying to kill us at the time or wanting us to, you know, eventually die, you know, or have a full, complete payback for what I did when I was a kid. But talking to her, um, you know, I always thought in the back of my head, like, I don't want the network to know that certain things about what's going on with them because I don't want them to get hurt. So I prayed for them all the time and was was hoping that nothing happened to them because of, you know, some strangers, but these strangers was doing this stuff for them. And so they're saying that, you know, they're part of this, these strangers are saying they're doing this because I molested her kids when I was in elementary school. And, um, 
even though I didn't know what was going on at the time and I didn't really believe what I was hearing. Um, I thought it was all a lie because I didn't have any memory and I was getting the information through a microphone chip that I thought that was a, um, a, a the mental health issue that I, I was diagnosed with. So I just thought that, you know, it was a lie. And then at the time when I found out it was people, I thought those people was lying to me in order to, you know, make me feel bad and scare me again, you know, to do more things because I thought it was a game to them, like, you know, like a hunger game or some type of game where people logged in and they try to see how many things they can make you do you know, for their amusement because of so many stuff they had me do, you know, like eat soap or smoke packs of cigarettes or twerk. I thought it was like a some type of joke for them, you know, to find a human life and just like, like, oh, well, let's do, let's see what you'll do. We do this, you know, try to do like a saw type thing. Like, oh, you're going to have to do this. If you want to release them from from being killed or murdered, and I just thought it was some sick game, but I imagine, you know, how scared she was because she was crying, and while she was talking about it, um, and telling me how bad she felt, you know, that nobody was there, and that when my sister came to talk to the nurses that was supposed to be in her care, that they wasn't treating her right, that she felt like, you know, anything could happen to her there, that it wasn't being, you know, good to her. And on top of that, they were being rude. And on top of that, she she just got out of surgery for her neck. So at the time, I thought, you know, maybe it's the network of people, you know, treating her wrong because they're, we, my family was being targeted, not half of my family was targeting us four, and the other rest of our family was, you know, a part of our, the reason why we're going through this. And um, I can just imagine her just like sitting there you know, right before surgery, but getting ready to go under and cry just because, you know, you're afraid that you might not wake up or you go to sleep and your neck pain is so severe that you're thinking, you know, you lay the wrong way that, you you know, you might die from it. And how scared and and hopeless she felt when there was no one checking on her and she was at the mercy of those nurses who was not making her feel comfortable being there. And I can just imagine how she felt because that's how I felt in the mental health. So I can see like how hopeless she was feeling. And um, I can just imagine that 
she would want the same thing for us. And she want us to feel hopeless and scared and fearful. She want us to feel like we have no, no way out or any minute we could just pass away or die and be at the mercy and um, of strangers. And she's okay with it, even though she felt that pain just for a brief second herself. And I'm praying that there's angels. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking angels on her behalf to guard her door from any um, nurse who might be a part of the network um, or anybody who wants to be there to harm her because there's nobody watching over her because the people that she's doing this for is not even there when she's in one of her scariest states where she feel like, you know, she could have passed away with her surgery like that. It's her neck. And it was making her feel paralyzed. That didn't that didn't humble. Time go by and you forget how that hopeless feeling feel where you just don't care anymore when if it's not you, you know. It's not you. It's not happening to you. So now it's 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 no longer something that you care about if someone else feels that pain or fearfulness she make fun of me going to grab an underwear out the drawer and and make it seem like I'm just some some stranger who would just go sniffing her underwear when I just ran out of underwear and I went in her drawer and looked for one of the pairs that she gave me that looks just like the pair she gave me before to make sure I'll be able to fit them because I didn't want to bother her about going to the store. But I guess in her eyes I was some type of creep or some sick person who's going in her underwear drawer and um, sniffing them for my pleasure when I just went in there to try to get some because I didn't have any more. But she made those jokes. Now this is to make jokes of me. Aren't you glad you didn't have any more kids? After they aborted one. And wanted the one that I have aborted. Even though I didn't do the type of job they wanted me to do. I still did my best and 
starved myself for a whole month because I didn't want the one that I had in my stomach to die. So I didn't eat. So I have some type of caring heart towards kids if I didn't want to. I'd rather starve before I kill one. But I guess it's just something else they see, some type of monster. But I don't know. But my my thing is is that my other sister just my older sister just said her whole family got COVID and COVID supposed to kill because they didn't have a cure. And it's a possibility you can die from it. And they don't want to die, but they only have that one punishment for us is to die or to be somewhere hopeless. But it's just the same thing is that I'm thinking what I meant by when I just wanted to know how the future would be bring before is like, will it still matter a year or two later? If something happened to one of them and they got sick, or at least one of them got sick on on their deathbed and they barely get any visitors from the people they're doing all this for. And in return, our life is, is being cut short because of some strangers and because of unforgiveness. So, and at the same time, everything would not be better There's one that had the same one who was wanting to come to, you know, further poison or to make sure that, you know, things are working out to to the point where we are no longer in control of our lives. Was just saying how as soon as she got COVID, he wanted to like leave her aside and didn't want to be there. But I don't know. Because it's something you can die from. But I... I don't know. I just don't feel like they see us as the human beings for the things that I heard coming from them. Like dumping us in the water or freezing us to death or burning us alive or stabbing us and making jokes about being thieves or underwear smellers and all these things. Like we, like we 
and that we're not a part of their family and we're not one of them. It's just hard for me to, you know, think about. And then I have to go, not have to, but sometimes it happens that a stranger is is talking to me about me saying things about them monitoring us and they don't like what I'm saying about the network. But I still can't make sense of any of it from when I knew and when I didn't know anything was going on. It's just beyond me on what's going on through the mind. But to cry that hard when you're coming out of surgery and then you want my 18-year-old daughter to be locked up, cut up, and raped in order to feel better about something I did when I was not knowing better didn't know that better of doing it to the point where I don't even remember. And the crazy part is that they they know that I don't remember. It'd be hard to swallow if they knew that I remembered and tried to keep it a secret and tried to hide it, but it's not there. It's not in my mind at all. Even when I try to think about it, it's certain things that pops up, but it's not to what they're saying. When I look at my elementary picture that they posted on Facebook to make fun of us, They said that that little girl was a rapist and a molester. And since that happened then, and at that age, it looked like I was like eight on that picture, nine on that picture. Eight or nine on that picture. And the eight and nine-year-old was like, a rape you rape rape and I don't even know how a eight or nine year old rape look even in my body because 
I don't remember being in my body raping. With that, talking trash. Is for them to freeze me or to starve me or to burn me. That is so much for me to try not to think about. And that's all it is, is thoughts. And then, like how I'm here now, you already know that that's going to happen to you. You already know that's what we want. It's terrible for me to even hear that from a stranger to tell me I shouldn't have been talking trash, so that's why. And I'm thinking I was thinking. I wasn't even talking to you. I was thinking. And that would be the reason, the breathing ground. For the moderating. Because it'd be a martyr. If I wouldn't talk about God or I didn't read or try to get closer to God, I already was listening to the word. I was already pursuing God before I knew that they were there doing this. But now that I definitely know they're there, I didn't stop pursuing and reading and learning the word. I thought it was even more the time to try to get closer to him, to hear him. It's not the best time to do it, but it's it's a good reason to. You shouldn't try to pull away from him. If you get into a bind, the worst thing to do is to exclude him altogether. Like he's not there to help at all. It was better to pursue him and knocking out that door than it is to go through all those things, not even acknowledging that he's there. Like he's not your dad. I go to my natural dad when certain things are bothering me. I go to the spiritual dad when things are bothering me. Why would I stop listening to the word or try to pray or pursue the one who created me? That would be stupid, silly to me. But it's moderating because the more I get into his word or try to do what the word says, the worse I feel because the worse 
it gets. And it feels like a whole contradiction. Heck, it even feels like some people who are, you know, really up there in in um, their spirituality, I guess. Where they have ministries and certain things online. They're prophesying and things. But even that sometimes feels like, I don't know. One minute I'm crying that they're speaking over me and they love me unconditionally. And then the next minute I feel like, you know, what if they're mocking me? And they don't believe, you know, or love me unconditional. As if God would be on the earth. What if they don't want to see me made whole or, you know, see me, you know, get better in my walk with God? And that's the only reason, because of the quotes that the world use. The world use trust God. And sometimes if I hear them say trust God or I prophesy that you're going to be doing this. And I don't know if they know that because they actually talk to God on my behalf. And prayed for me on my behalf. Or they just said that to let me know that they're not on my side. And they they couldn't be. But you know, I try to cast some thoughts like that down. Because... I just believe I might be just damaged from years of being attacked by the network that I just suspicious of everybody because it's only a 5% of people who actually is safe to be around. 5% of the church, not even in the world, but only 5% in the church. The world, I don't know what the percentage is there. But the spiritual father said 5% in the church. Only 5% of them are safe. So. He said they're saved, but they're not safe. And so I was in pursuit of finding safe. But, you know, I'm starting to believe that that could be nowhere because the times that we're in. It feels like the days of Noah.
and everybody just did what they want, how they want. And no, no real sense of even me at times feeling like there was no sense of of punishment or accountability from God, not the church, but from God himself. So, I don't know. Well, today is the 13th. Oh, today is the 14th now. 15th, 16th, 17th. It's three days before I'm supposed to get on the plane. I'll talk to you. Two to three days. Give you the update. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.